What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Plizant's podcast, full of freezing cold takes and glitchy analysis. Today, we're going to be talking about last night's news. We're going to be talking about our locks of the day. And then I have a special for you today. We've got not one, but two freezing cold takes. But let's get started with last night's news today. Most importantly, college football was probably the most climatic, anticlimactic Saturday of all time. We had four almost upsets and one full-out upset. Ohio State went into Maryland and almost lost to the Terps right before they played Michigan. And then Michigan at home almost loses to Illinois. TCU was barely able to edge out Baylor the last second. They had 17 seconds with a running clock to kick a game-winning field goal, and they nailed it. And then late at night, USC had to walk out of the Rose Bowl with just a three-point victory after an absolute shootout with UCLA. But the only upset that came out of any of those games came with Tennessee getting absolutely slaughtered by six touchdowns from Spencer Rattler. South Carolina put up 63 on Tennessee's head and made them look like an absolute fluke team. Now, why is this happening in college football? Why does this happen in college football? Well, one, it's hard to win on the road. Let's let's not forget that, okay? Four out of those five almost upsets came on the road, and the one upset that did happen was on the road. But but I think this is the main thing that we're looking at. The talent gap is closing between the top tier teams and just other power five teams. And it's not because these other power five teams are getting better. It's because there are now more teams at the top. You know, it's not just Alabama anymore. You've got you know, Ohio State, you've got Georgia, USC, Michigan, Clemson. TCU, I mean, you've got a bunch of different teams at the top that are now pulling recruits from other schools. It's not just a a one or a two-man show. Um, I think this is great for the sport, um, but, you know, it's bad for, you know, if you're a fan of a top team like Alabama, they're going to drop a couple of games now. Now let's get into some NBA basketball, okay? There are so many teams that are still in the mix And I think this is the first time I've gotten to say that in so long. Last night, we had a battle for the Western Conference first seed, and it was between two teams that nobody would have ever thought would be here at this point in the season. You had the Utah Jazz versus the Portland Trailblazers. Let me say that again. You had the Utah Jazz versus the Portland Trailblazers. What are we doing this is insane, okay? Laurie Markinen is the leader of the Jazz. I cannot believe that they are now the first seed in the Western Conference after they just beat Portland last night, okay? Look, the reason this NBA season is so interesting to me is because there are so many new faces. I mean, think about it. The teams that have some of the best NBA players of the last decade on them, the Warriors with Stephen Curry, Traymond Green, and Klay Thompson. The Lakers with Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James. And the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. 
they're all losing. They're not in the playoff mix right now. They're a few games behind in each of their conferences. I mean, what are, like, that just is mind-blowing to me, okay? Now, one of the most compelling cases for MVP that I've seen so far this year is Joel Embiid. And it's because he's dropping insane numbers. He had 59 points the other night, and now he's going to have to do it without James Harden for a little bit. And he's definitely going to have to do it without Tyrese Maxey for at least the next month or so. He just broke his foot. Outside of those two players, the league has mostly been healthy. I mean, you even have somebody as injury plague as Zion Williamson. He's playing in games now, and he's looking like a top 10 player. Not to mention, we have the most brittle player in the entire NBA. Anthony Davis is playing games, and he looks phenomenal. He put up 38-16 and 16 against the Pistons this past Friday, and I, I'll just be honest with you. That is one of the best things that you can see when you watch an NBA game. Just watch Anthony Davis dominate. It's one of the most satisfying things to watch. Lots of young players as well are looking to take the league by storm. I mean, look, you've got John Morant, you've got Cade Cunningham, you have Scotty Barnes, all of these young players that have been drafted in the last few years, they're getting in the mix. That's what we love to see. That's why, to me, this NBA season is just so interesting. But now, this is the moment, the locks of the day. Here we go. We went one and one yesterday. I'm sorry to all the Oklahoma State betters. I apologize. That is my fault. But today will not be that day. Today is our day. And first up, we have the New England Patriots minus three and a half. Bill Belichick is a lock at home. Lock it in. The Jets are 4-0 on the road. I know. That stretch is not going to be able to continue. Zach Wilson is horrible versus the Pats. He threw three picks last game, and that was in New Jersey at MetLife. There's no way he doesn't perform uh, anywhere close to uh, good against the Patriots today. The difference maker here is the run game. And without Brees Hall, the Jets' run game is just not what it was. It's a cold game in Gillette. And that can only mean one thing. It's going to be low scoring, and both offenses are just going to pound the rock. It means that there's going to be a lot of time wasted, and I trust the Patriots' run defense to get it done versus a Jets team that is slowly losing their momentum. Now, next up, this is going to be an even better play. We are talking about the Detroit Lions versus the New York Giants, and we're slamming the over. Get that over. It's over 44 and a half. If there is one thing that the Giants are going to do, it's going to be putting up points. Outside of the Packers game, opposing teams have scored 24 points in every single game versus the Lions. But, you know, look, just because the Lions team gives up a lot of points, that doesn't mean that this Lions offense is out for the count. They have continuously either put up a fight and had a shootout, or they're scoring garbage time points. And you know 
that that under is going to be destroyed by those garbage time points. Regardless of where they come or how they come, that over is getting slammed. Put your ticket in, cash it out, let's ride. And last, but certainly not least, we're about to get into Plizont's freezing cold takes. Takes so icy cold that they're boiling hot. First one up today. We've got two on the board. That's what we like to see. There are so many fraudulent teams in the NFL this year. I'm going to name my top three, but there's just, there's even more than that. Okay. Number one, this is a team that I predict is going to finish the season 15 and 2 or 14 and 3. But what I'm talking about is when I say you're a fraudulent team, that means you're being carried by a coach, a system, a player, or a bad schedule, and you are not meant for the playoffs. That's what I mean by a fraud. Okay. Number one, the Minnesota Vikings. This Minnesota Vikings team is one, getting carried by their schedule. Two, they're winning very close games against bad teams. Okay, look, I don't believe in chain-wearing Kirko Thuggins. Whatever you want to call him, he's not that guy. Look, they had to ink out wins against the Bears, the Lions, and the Saints. That's a problem. Not to mention, this man is not built for primetime. If I wasn't such a coward, I would have put the Cowboys in my locks of the day. But I don't trust Dak Prescott either, so we won't, we won't even get into that. But look, Kirk Cousins, he's not the guy. He's not going to win you a playoff game, and that's what you need when you get into the playoffs. You need a quarterback that you can trust. Next up, I've got the New York Giants, and it's for the same reason that I don't trust these Giants. I don't trust Daniel Jones. I honestly have no idea how we got here. I don't think anybody expected either the New York Giants or the New York Jets to, to look the way that they have. But look at some of these Giants wins. They're all extremely close, and most are not against great teams. And look, it's, it's just coming down to the quarterback play for me. I don't buy into Danny Dimes to win any kind of playoff game in any scenario. He already went up against another playoff caliber quarterback this year in Geno Smith, and they lost 27 to 13. Okay, that's the kind of play that I'm looking at whenever we get to playoff season. Last but certainly not least in this rankings of fraudulent teams, I'm sorry to say it, but the Philadelphia Eagles might be frauds. This is such a cop out, I know, because they just lost, but the Eagles just don't look like a Super Bowl team to me. Okay. If the Eagles can't win the turnover battle, then they're going to lose the game. And that turnover battle is hard to win game in and game out against the top NFL teams in this league. Okay? So, I think the Washington Commanders figured out the formula against the, the Eagles this past Monday. Look, you run the ball. All right? Now, they didn't run the ball well. They had 3.1 yards per carry, but they ran it down their throats. That's what other teams are going to end up doing in the playoffs when it's cold and it's windy and it's wet and it's hard to throw the ball. I don't think the Eagles are prepared for that. 
but I could be wrong. They will finish the season, you know, at the top of the NFC, if not just the actual one seed. But I guess we'll see. I think they're frauds. Next freezing cold take. Okay? This next one, I had to pull it off the eye. It was boiling over from how insanely cold it was. All right, it was so cold that it was boiling people. Okay, youth rebuilds are just the wrong way to become competitive. Okay, free agents are the way to win championships over time. It's just simple to me. Look at the records. Okay, yes. It's a good idea to build a roster through the draft, uh, but banking on one franchise player to bring you out of utter misery and despair, it's, it's just a terrible idea. There's a reason that the same teams keep picking in the top 10 in both the NBA and the NFL. Yes, teams can get lucky, but just look the past champions. I mean, look at the last two in the NFL. You got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you got the Los Angeles Rams, both making a giant trade for free agency acquisition, getting Odell Beckham Jr., Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. I mean, come on. We're talking about just massive moves to elevate your team from, you know, middle of the pack to maybe when you were the Buccaneers, the bottom of the pack to absolute playoff championship contender okay it's so rare to have what the golden state warriors has had and nail three draft picks back to back to back seasons right that doesn't happen even if it does you still have to figure out like the warriors are trying to figure out this season how you're gonna pay all of your players because they're all trying to get paid at the same time it's so hard to find that kind of situation in the draft. And that's why almost every single time these teams that you see, like the Miami Heat in the early 2010s, they had to sign LeBron James. The Cleveland Cavaliers, to be competitive, had to sign LeBron James back. The Toronto Raptors was probably one of the greatest examples of what I'm trying to talk about. They signed Kawhi in free agency for just one year, and this man came in and won them a championship. That's what teams need to be doing. Yes, you can focus on drafting some supplemental players in the draft and developing them to attract a free agent, but the free agent is where it's at. If you get lucky and draft an all-star, that's awesome. But that's not the goal. And that, my friends, is going to do it for this episode of Pleasant's Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for this glitchy analysis and these freezing cold takes. One of my favorite things to do all week long. Thanks for tuning in today, and we'll see you tomorrow.